0: Hey guys, welcome to Dad Devotionals. Thanks for joining me. My guest today is Dr. John Sephoric. John was once a chiropractor with a part-time real estate business. He retired at 49 with a retirement income of $240,000. Yes, that's four zeros after the two four. He then wrote a book for his son in college, The Wealthy Gardener, Lessons on Prosperity Between Father and Son. That's a copy of the book I, I hold right here. The book became an Amazon bestseller sold 70,000 copies in one year, hit number 46 worldwide on Audible, and was translated into three foreign languages. And this year, Penguin relaunched the book because it was so successful. And John's here to talk to us today about financial responsibility and our walk with God. John, welcome to Dad Devotionals. It's great to have you.
1: David, thank you. I appreciate you uh, allowing me this, this time and space to be here. So let's get to it.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So just really quick, let's Tell us about your background. Who, who is John Sephoric?
1: Uh, a small town, you know, upbringing, blue collar, uh, small town outside of Pittsburgh called Mount Pleasant, Pennsylvania. Uh, like you had mentioned, uh, I was called Dr. John most of my life. I was called Dr. John because I'll, I'll tell you the story of that. That's, that. That really gets us off to the right, right start there. It tells you that I was a pretty crazy kid growing up. I, I went to a chiropractic visit with my dead. He got fixed in one visit. You would think that that would open me up to my way of treating humanity and, and offering my service to the world. I would say that wasn't true. I was 19 years old and I was uh, hadn't had an original thought in my, in my life yet. But what I did see when I went to that uh, visit with him is I saw this big boat sitting on a trailer in the backyard of the chiropractor's office. And then I saw the Chiropractor's part-time hours, three days a week, and my eyes drifted from these hours to the boat, from the boat to the hours. Six years later, David, I kid you not, six years later, I'm a chiropractor, and that was the extent of my vocational guidance. More too many boats and more too many part-time hours in my life because I graduated with $200,000 worth of debt in today's dollars, and that set me up, you know, for a lot. So, you know, my my path was was straight there. Uh, There was going to be a lot of struggle no way around it. So at the age of 30, I did sit down I had a time where I sat down and it, life was tough it was I had a few, I had two kids, a few kids, like I, I can't remember how many. Uh, I had two kids, uh, one wife. And I, I remember a day where I set my intentions. I, I just wasn't satisfied with life. It was a soulful moment for me. I went through a walk for a walk in a uh, cemetery, sat beside a, my grandfather's tombstone and made a decision that I wasn't going to lose financially. I wasn't going to make money for greed or, or other materialistic ideas, but for freedom and for opportunity for my kids and to break the family habits. And I set a goal at the age of 30 for a Retirement income of two hundred and forty thousand, like you said, with four zeros, which sounds crazy, uh, given the fact that I was still in debt and had no, no clear line, no idea of how. But I set that goal, and sure enough, at the age of forty-nine, I did retire with that. And I had to—I wrote the book just to set it clear for my son uh, how to do that. I wanted to give them the philosophy of, of winning uh, financially. So that was important to me. So that's my story.
0: No, that's incredible, and you know I appreciate you just taking us through that step by step because I think a lot of people feel that that kind of that kind of goal is attainable or, or isn't attainable. It's 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 just so far out there. I mean, it's it might be the American dream, but it's you know in in financial times that we live in, and and the, especially from a millennial generation, the booms and busts we go through, it seems like it becomes less and less of a possibility. So it's so important to instill these virtues, um, you know, in our kids at a young age. So. Is that part of what inspired you to write the book? Why, why, why did you particularly write the book for your son on money?
1: You know, I think what we do, Dave, uh, sometimes we, we try to uh, fix the problems that we've gone through in our own life. I believe that uh, for me, if it wasn't without, if not for the struggle, I wouldn't have had the desire to help others who struggle, right? And I always say that I, I felt like at 20, I, I walked out of the door of my house like we all do. And I walked out of that door and I had to earn my own way now. And so to earn my own way, I found that I, I, it's just another parable where I I would feel like I would go for a walk every day. I would climb a mountain and go to the other side and I would battle all day long. And I felt like a warrior. And I always tell the story that I would come back, you know, over that mountain and and come back at nighttime and sit on my couch. And I was through my twenties. I just took a beating. I was unprepared. I was unready. And I wasn't, I wasn't skilled in battling. I didn't have the mindset. I didn't know what I really was incompetent, to be honest with you, and I was trying, and I thought I was doing everything right, but I didn't even know what I was doing wrong yet. So through the 30s, you know, you keep it up, and I'm, I'm, I'm still getting beat up, but I'm winning as many battles as I'm losing throughout my 30s, hmm. and so it becomes a little bit more competent. I have a family now, and in my 30s, I, I'm i getting stronger. I'm getting competent. I understand battling, and I, I'm getting some muscle to me, and it's starting. I'm winning as much as I'm losing, at least. In my 40s, I'm getting stronger and I'm starting to win more than I'm losing. And finally, the day comes around where I'm 49 years old and I finally walk over that mountain and back and I have beaten my opponent. He didn't get up, right? My opponent all this time has been my financial condition of life. It's a big need to me because I started out with $200,000 in today's dollars in student debt. And so that's kind of like living at the bottom of the ocean and not being able to see the, the top, the light. You're just dark. There's no way out. Like you said, it's, it's impossible. And for me to set that goal at the age of 30, it was impossible. But I beat the opponent and I came home at the age of 49. And that tells you something about goals. And I sat down with on the couch and I was just exhausted. To be honest with you, I should have been elated and I just felt tired. And I sat there and I'm thinking about life and my son's heading to the door. And this is just part of the story where he's heading to the door and I say, Mike, where are you going? He says, dad, I'm 20 years old. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm ready to take on the world. I remember what that felt like. And I said, Mike, come back here. Let me just explain to you the lessons I've learned in my own battles. That's why I wrote the wealthy gardener. It was important for me. And that story conveys why it was important to me. I wanted him to win the battle against your financial condition so that he's not always chasing a buck. You know, we can get to the more important stuff than chasing a buck. That's what I wanted him to know how to do.
0: That's beautiful. And you know, in, in a world where I feel like in many ways, fathers, the male role is less and less valued. I think having a book like this come out, come out is just so much more important than I think we realize. And that's part of the reason I even started this podcast is to help us put that focus on guys. But I do got to ask you this, who is the wealthy gardener? When, when I first, when, I, when, when you sent this book over to me, um, you know, I got the feeling that almost th- there seemed to be more of a spiritual element to it than I, than, than I believe. Cause I, I, I thought, okay, you know, I think of the, the parable of the vineyard, I think of the, the seed, you know, a seed that is planted. So take us through, what is this book about specifically?
1: So there's two answers to that story, but, uh, so since we're doing kind of, you, you kind of have a spiritual podcast here and you kind of have a, you know, no doubt about it. So we can get into that. Uh, I'm not normally on those lines on other podcasts that people are always talking about finances and, and they don't want to hear about that stuff. Uh, they want to hear one, two, three steps to get rich. The Wealthy Gardener, uh, that's a parable of, of sowing and reaping, no doubt about it. It's a classic uh, parable about the time of life. You know, we each we each have a plot of land, which is the time we're given, you know, the dash between uh, the dates on our on our uh, tombstone. What's what's in your dash? You know, like that classic poem. Well, that's what the that's what a garden is. Wealth can be whatever the heck you want it to be, but one thing for sure, it's using your potential to get what you think you want in this life. It's effectiveness to do that. For me, I a part of the wealthy gardener has a story on passive income where the wealthy gardener is explaining it to a protege and, and he's talking about passive income. And he says, one of my favorite quotes of the book, and sometimes I swear the, the quotes come through me, not from me. Uh, he, the wealthy gardener is explaining it. And he said, you know, some animals, they're just not meant to live in fences. They're, they're meant to be free. And for them, fences are wrong. And that's the wealthy gardener to me. Wealth to me was freedom. Wealth to me was a river. I didn't want a nest egg. I wanted a river. And so I got $20,000 coming to me. So if I spend it all this week, it comes to me next, next month, I mean. And so it was a river. The wealthy gardener is a, to me, I can do important things. I can talk to you. I can write a book. I can go for a walk with my wife at one o'clock today like I'm planning to do. Those are the things that can enrich life if you don't have to chase a buck. You can then gain purposes that you might find more important than money. The Wealthy Gardener is all about that.
0: Amen. You know, what I also liked, John, is in in our previous conversations, you you cautioned me not to miss the lessons in the book on the Holy Spirit. Can you explain Mm. that in a little more in depth for me?
1: Sure. 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 Can I explain? That's where we're venturing into territory. That was probably the most courageous part of the book for me. Like realize that I'm writing a book for my son foremost. It didn't have to go any further than that. That was my purpose. Right. And boy, I tell you what, as a, as a dad to a son, now you're going to admit what's in your soul. You're going to admit your inner game, your journey. You're going to be really candid and transparent. Oh my gosh, when I had to go, when I decided to make this thing public, I thought, oh my gosh, people are going to murder me because, you know, the talk of the Holy Spirit, the talk of, you know, these are all names. These are all names, but you can call it uh, the inner voice. You can call it, some people call it universal intelligence. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people call it instincts. Sometimes people call it this and that. Uh, But I do, I believe in persistence, of inner voices guidance like that so when you ask me about the holy spirit there is i always you you'll you'll read the term inner wisdom so often in my book and that's simply because i didn't want to alienate people like maybe people aren't christian but they're great people maybe they they're uh you know a different a different type of spirituality i'm not looking to make that that fight the Holy Spirit to me is a persistence. It's a guidance within. Probably the inner guidance is the word I use a lot. And I believe so strongly that when we set our intention, then we get proper guidance. We can get, you know, people always say, I, I want to, you know, God has told me this. Well, okay, God can, if you go back over the course of history, God can tell you a lot of wrong things in your mind. You know what I mean? So it, that's not an easy game. Yeah. What really is the pull of the Holy Spirit and what isn't? If I set my attention, I get clearer guidance. I know that. And so I set my attention and I'm guided now. I get help. I close my eyes and I there's no question. I have stories in my book where you would call them answered prayers. Another person would call them um, miracles. Another person would call them coincidences. (laughs) But this is the stuff of the spirit. Uh, There's no question. My my book could have had a subtitle as The Way to Wealth and Spirituality. Mm. I get it. And what I found, David, I, I know this is getting long, is that I was shocked and surprised and just amazed, amazingly happy that people really found that message to be uh, worthy. Yeah. I, got, I got positive responses from that, from businessmen whose names you would know, big people. John, you said it. Thank goodness you said it. I said, yeah, that was scary. Yeah, but I appreciate you doing it, but don't tell anybody I'm for it. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's why that's why you never hear about it. You know, people don't talk about this stuff. You know, it's it's there's nothing but set you up for uh for ridicule, you know, and you don't need that. You could be on a beach somewhere. But when you're writing for your son, okay, you're now you're gonna bear your soul because this is gonna be left behind while you're in your own casket. And so I revealed everything.
0: That's right. And you know what? We appreciate you revealing that. We appreciate you being vulnerable because it's by the the success of this clearly. At, at least in it, from my view, you are doing the will of God and that is guided by the Holy spirit. So, you know, you should be commended. Um, you should be, uh, you know, seen as, as somebody that is doing God's work and we appreciate that.
1: Well, I appreciate you saying that because I mean, I'm in the second half of life here. You know, I should be, I should be focused. If you do everything right in the first couple of times and you don't have to worry about the money, the first couple seasons of life, take care of the last season where you can actually think about purpose and meaning and all that kind of stuff right now. And that's where I am. So yeah, I, you know, the, Again, the, the uh, religion will tell you that you know, the, the core of religion and spirituality is to alleviate suffering, and I do feel a pull to alleviate the financial suffering that I myself went through. That's a terrible place to be, and I know I can help that with giving a people clarity and faith and a little direction there, giving them the, the experience that I can give them through that book. That's what I feel my purpose is now.
0: Well and clearly it is you know it's I think this this was relaunched in January, correct this year,
1: yes, and then look, what yes. happened
0: a couple, literally weeks later <laughs> you know, here we are amidst a pandemic, and you're out there you know ah. preaching these these lessons at a time when it is needed more than ever, perhaps even more so than when you originally launched the
1: book isn't that the truth, you know and a formative book for me was napoleon hill's think and grow rich which i just found to be fascinating right before i set my own attention it was another it was another philosophy book of financial achievement and so that meant so much to me and he always wondered if that book the timing of that which came right after the depression was the timing mm. so just like you're saying i don't want to think i'm so grandiose that, that that's how it works but boy the timing sure is interesting and i know one thing every time god would work in your life, it looks a heck of a lot like a coincidence. I get very suspicious of that word coincidence all yeah. the time, you know, just like you're saying right now.
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, I, I launched this podcast, um, you know, because I've, I've been a reader in my church, but we couldn't go to church anymore. So I, I saw this as a way to, you know, extend my gift, use my talent, if you will. And I started it in absolutely. mid-March and, and here we are. I'm interviewing an amazing person like you. I've had some great guests on and it's really starting to touch people. That can only be God's work because that wasn't my plan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you reacted, but that's your, yeah. Yeah. So you reacted appropriately. You know, one of the things I do is I, I will send this book to churches. Okay. Maybe, maybe it's my job to nourish those who nourish. So, we're finding out how this works, you know. Right now, yeah. it's it's like the old parable spreading seeds on some, you know, some on some soil. It'll grow. Some will be on rocks. Some will be on. I'm imagining that there's some pastors out there that are going to be rocks. They're not going to want my book, but right. some will will like it. And so it's my job not to care about that, but to offer the help, just like you right now.
0: Exactly. And you know, so based on all of that, you know, I, I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you being vulnerable with us and open. Maybe, like you said, maybe you wouldn't be so on some other podcasts and you know what, you you're more courageous than some of the folks, obviously you speak with who, who even support you because here you are, you're going to talk about it when, when they won't. So again, thank you for that. Um,
1: well, thank you. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. So now, okay, let, let's, let's focus on us as dads. Now, how can we cultivate in our children, you know, from a young age on, you know, cause I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a father of a four and a two year old, a uh, four year old son, two year old daughter, as are many of the, of those, the guys that listen, how can we help cultivate a health, healthy, really <clears throat> money?
1: You know what, David? I, I believe that. I don't believe. I know that, uh, you know, the old saying, I can't hear what you're saying because I'm so busy watching what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that applies to exactly what you're saying. And I think that those of us in the game, you know, we're adults now. Everybody listening right now has a financial condition. And that is on the mind of everybody until it's not on the mind. You know, I thank God it's not on my mind right now. But it was on my mind all the time while my kids were young. And what did, how did I respond to that? They were a part of it for me. You know, I, I can tell you that the one thing that I think that I, I certainly did right in terms of the finances is that I told my kids everything. You talked about vulnerability for the book. My kids knew why I was sacrificing. If you call it that, I was really just doing things while other people were doing things. And my things were more in attention with what I wanted. It's really not that hard uh, when you, when you break it down to vital engagement. but my kids understood my vital engagement. They understood why I was doing what I was doing. I included them. They saw tears. They saw Fear. They saw. They saw my my. Oh my God! I'm so tired. All I can do is go to bed and wake up tomorrow. They saw that, and not only did they see it, they were part of the conversation there, and that made them part of the team. And to this day, people I guarantee, like on the outside, would say, you know, you sacrificed and you took time away from your kids, and it's like, no, 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 you don't understand. I showed my kids by example, and that's not a bad thing. That's called sacrifice. They got to see it, witness it, while I was doing it, and more importantly. I was so transparent with them. I treated them like adults when they were 12. They understood why, the why, the why. And they understood my fears, the fears, the fears. So they're going to be at the age of 20s when I'm like unprepared. They're going to understand, okay, this is normal. This is normal. Okay, so struggle is normal. Okay, so when I get punched in the face and and I take a setback. Oh, so my dad went through that. I get it. So this is normal. It's not a big surprise for them. You know, versus uh, like me. Oh my God, I'm such a loser. I can't get out. I can't. I can't win. I can't. I didn't know. You know, I didn't know that people struggled like this. I just felt like a loser. So man, I'll tell you what. There's just communication, and communication puts people on your team. It gives them the experience. My kids today talked with their friends, and their friends envy them for the relationship that we've had. And that would be the one where people would say that uh, they would judge me for being for working too much. Well. Okay, I can just tell you how it worked out in my own life. As a dad, my kids can tear up when they talk about the sacrifice. You know, it means a ton to me. So like, I'm trying not to tear up right now talking about it. But that's how it is for us. Uh, That's what communication does.
0: Yeah, no, that's beautiful. And I I like how you mentioned relationship. Uh, Because, you know, being intentional, you can be intentional all you want about pursuing a career pursuing money. But The real thing is being intentional in your relationship with your children.
1: You have to build support. It doesn't come. People say, well, my parent, my kids don't support me. That's your fault. That's on you. Talk to them. They want you to win. You know, I don't buy that. That's an excuse for using your family as as your excuse for not doing something. Stop that. Communicate honestly with your kids. And if you don't want to do it, say that. I'm getting mediocre results because I don't want to put in anything but mediocre efforts. Say it. But keep your kids in it. And they'll understand the sacrifice of mediocre efforts. It's a lot of struggle. It's a lot of worry. And quite frankly, kids, it's harder than working hard. Let them know it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, in in our situation, you know, right now, I mean, I have a job where I'm I'm working at home. Um, I also have a side business. I also do this. So they see daddy um, always doing something. And then, you know, daddy, but daddy also makes time for them at the appropriate time. And they see my wife, who's a stay-at-home mom you know, she's, she's involved in things. She's carting them all over. She, she is a talk about multitasker. I mean, that's what she, that's what she lives on off of. (laughs) So I think it's important for them to see both, both parents in in fulfilling their roles. However, however you, it shakes out to be in the family and uh, you know, modeling it for them. Like you mentioned, I think that is is so crucial.
1: It's intentional Um, living. It's intentional. You know, you're either intentional or you're not parenting weight loss, exercise spirituality i don't care. it's everything so it's it's okay to choose what you want but it's not okay to not choose that's definitely. what i always told my kids
0: definitely uh, let's let's get into a couple of specific financial lessons before we break here uh what are two or three from the book that you that you tell dads this is what you got to know and uh you know this is what you need to start implementing within within the year
1: you know it th- it comes back to um, you know, I, I always try to teach through parables and you know where that comes from. It's so like, probably again, uh, it's, it's about the intention. Like you know, right early in the book, there's a story of a farmer uh, and the farmer's using only one third of his uh land, 112 acres. He's using 40 acres of them. And a neighbor comes over and suggests that maybe he should use more of that land. Well, that makes it, it makes sense to him. So he's starting to get better results when he's using more of his land, but he's still getting mixed results at the end of the year. Okay. so. The, the neighbor comes over and says, maybe you ought to be really careful scrutinizing the seeds that you're planting in that land. So, oh, makes sense. So the farmer's now using more of his land. He's planting pure seeds, only the kind of seeds that lead to the harvest he wants really intentional, but he's still not okay because this farmer now is, is he's making more money, but with that money comes a whole different situation. He has more money and he's spending it in ways that don't build wealth. He's still not financially satisfied. So he, What's the thing? What's the, what's the lesson? I could promise you that the, th- the primary thing in my life was uh, consistent daily intention. Mm-hmm. And it just sets up a lot of mundane Dave. You know, people always look at the spectacular lottery winning figuratively. They, they think that success is going to happen with a big break. Like not that they're going to win the lotto, but they're going to have some sort of break. That's what leads to wealth. It's mm-hmm. not, it's about daily, right things consistently and letting time work for you it's not that challenging because we're not digging ditches these days we're just focusing on time and using them with vital engagement what would help that farmer every day if he was just consistent and his intention day after day he would plant in his he would use his land he would plant the right seeds, he would make the right decisions. And so every morning of my life not, a life, not a day passed where I don't close my eyes, you can call it meditation, you can call it prayer, I don't care what you call it, I got in my mind a vision of what I wanted from my harvest. And I focused on that and that set me in intentions so that I would then, I was congruent then with my actions and my choices and my daily decisions, the things that all add up. And they make absolutely no difference in that day. That's the challenge of it. You can't see any result that day. But over time, over time now, they create extraordinary changes in your life. But you've got to be patient with not seeing change and doing the right things. So that's the key. That's what breaks people. They're trying to do the right thing and they they don't lose weight. Well, I've been eating, I've been not eating desserts for two weeks now and I'm not losing weight. So they go back to it. There's always a lag and you've got to be able to do things without results. I would say that instead of getting into too many other things, it's a book of life lessons and timeless principles, but it all revolves around that. Close your eyes and get clear daily. Get yourself in what the (laughs) the Taoists, again, would call the river. And the river is a life of intention. Mm. Going one way, it wiggles, and it goes around, but you're in the river, and you can feel the spirituality when you're there.
0: Gotcha. Now, that's that's a great way of describing it. Uh, You know, to kind of build off of that a little bit, we, we're in a time right now where there's a lot of people that have, that have lost their jobs. Um, and there I are mean, millions. I mean, some of the highest unemployment we've ever seen. You know, 30 seconds, you're one of those people. What does John Sephoric do in that situation?
1: I just lost my job in 30 seconds? Or I have 30 seconds to say, what does John Sephoric do? You
0: have 30 seconds. <laughs> you have 30 seconds to give me an explanation. Both. What, what are both
1: you do? I lost my job in 30 seconds, and I have 30 <laughs> seconds to, to figure out what to do. Thanks. Could I push the pass button and move to the next impossible question, Dave? <laughs> I, believe in, uh, I believe in a strong person and a weak person inside of all of us. I've been there where I faced the edge of a cliff. There is nothing more important than to call upon the weak person in you. Everybody has a weak person, I mean, the strong person. Everybody has a weak person that wants to shrink and hide in a corner and cower. And fear does that to you. It's emotion that makes you wanna shrink. And now the physiology that you can choose, can lead you to the strong person. You've got to operate from your strong self. And it's the hardest thing to do when you're in a state of fear. But you've got to move. You've got to eat right. You've got to do those things because it helps you hear. And now you can think stronger. Okay? And that's the whole key of it. Uh, for me, keep moving. It'll set up, f- it'll do that. And with that, I would say that because then. The ideas, the contemplation and actions that might resolve your problems uh, would come from your stronger self. And you're not reacting. You're not reacting. You know, you're, you're thinking proactively. You're choosing hard choices, not the easy. You're not, you know, that's it. Stay in your strong self. Cultivate that. That is a choice.
0: Absolutely. No, I appreciate you saying that. You know, to me, one of the first things that, that I've kind of uh, brought myself to do over the years is go to God in prayer and then just keep moving. He's going to meet you along that path and help guide your steps. That, that's, that's what I've learned in, in my life. Um, so I appreciate I agree. Saying. I
1: agree with you, David. I never. I, honestly, I've struggled with which one comes first. I, yeah. I, I do understand what you're saying. And I understand that there's people that are going to be older and not be able to get into motion. And they'll go spirituality only. And it's not a bad way to go. I'm not, I'm, I'm not sure. Right. I lead with motion. And then I find I could be more spiritual after that. I don't know why. It's my makeup, and so I lead with motion, but I don't forsake the, like you say in the prayer, the meditation. Call it what you want. Absolutely.
0: Fantastic, John. Thanks so much for doing this. This this has been a pleasure. And you know, I I like the unique element of this podcast and, and talking about money, having those difficult conversations that. You know, it may be hard, it may be uncomfortable, we, but we have to have, And uh, you know, I, I think especially as fathers, you know, we need to make sure we're, we're living up to that role and, and modeling for our children.
1: Um, so, thank you. so you're welcome. And, and if I could just add to what you just said right there, uh, a lesson from the book is what is easy is rarely the right thing to do. It's never, you know, it's easy to eat uh, macaroni and cheese. That doesn't work, does it? It's easy to ice cream. That doesn't work. It's easy to not talk to your kids and spouse. That doesn't work, does it? It, It's easy to not exercise. It's easy to not, not, not. Easy leads to hard. The choice of easy leads to the hardest life ever. Mm. And if you have a a choice between easy and hard, I tend to take a good look at hard because that's usually where the good stuff goes. It comes from that.
0: Sage advice. Thank you so much. Why don't you tell us where we can pick up a copy of this awesome book and learn more about what you have going on?
1: You know, they even have it out now in Barnes and Noble, Dave. So, uh, you know, now that I'm a penguin, you can go in China and buy it. You can go to South Korea and buy it. If you don't want to do that, you can order it online at Amazon. It'll come to you. Uh, so that's how it works. And do you have a website for the book as well? You know, I have a website where I do, I assume you'll have some show notes here and I, I'm a lazy guy. I'll, I'll assume you're, you're, audience would like the easy way. So just go to the notes in the bottom. You'll send them over here. I'll make a dedicated page to the things we talked about so that you can, you know, it'll be an education where people can dig a little deeper just on topics. You know, this isn't about money for me. This is about education, you know, to eliminate financial suffering. So I'll work with you on that.
0: Excellent. John, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on dad devotionals. And we we say, God bless you. And we wish you well in the future.
1: Thank you, Dave. I appreciate you having me here. Thank you. Thank you for
0: listening to Dad Devotionals with me, Dave Domzowski. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, and also email us at daddevotionals at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash daddevotionals and also youtube.com slash daddevotionals. Make sure to subscribe, like us, do whatever you got to do to stay in touch. Thank you for listening.